Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We are in Pickerel's Treasury, the PAL Season 2, Chapter 2, Paragraph 10, Perik Bet, Mishnah Yud. We're going to talk about five Talmudim, and then we'll talk about what they were like, and then we'll talk about some sayings. But first, in this Mishnah, let's meet them. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Chamisha Talmidim Hayulola Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakei. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakei had five primary disciples, the Elohim, and these were them. Rabbi Elazar ben Horkinus, Rabbi Yoshua ben Chananya, Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Esan, Rabbi Elazar ben Arach. So here we don't have to translate because it's just their names, but let's just meet them in this quick Mishnah, and then we'll move over tomorrow to about their praises. So in this Mishnah, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakeh had the five primary disciples. They were. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakeh had so many students that he had to deliver his lectures outdoors in front of the temple since no study hall could contain the enormous crowds in attendance. Sip Sachim and Rashi there, the Mishnah speaks of his primary students to whom he conveyed the tradition, as Magan Ovas explains. Mishnah Shmuel views these five as the disciples who enabled Rabbi Yochanan and Zakeh to grow in Torah stature in this Spirit of the words, and I learned the most from my students. So any teacher out there, like my wife, you know that you learn most from your students more than anyone else, as Tanis explains to us. Rabbi Elizabeth Horkinus, a second generation Tana, Rabbi Elizabeth Horkinus entered adulthood unlettered and ignorant. See however Yerushalmi Megillah. In his 20s, he decided against his father's wishes to begin studying Torah and fled to the academy of Yochanan ben Zaka in Yerushalayim. He was successful at his studies and became an accomplished scholar. Horkinus, who went to Yerushalayim to disinherit Eliezer at the behest of his other sons, was pleasantly surprised to find his son lecturing at a gathering of the wise men of Yerushalayim and instead decided to give Eliezer all his money. Rabbi Eliezer, however, refused to take a share larger than any of his brothers, as Avustur Rabbi Nassim explains in 6. Even before the destruction of the temple, he was considered one of the greats of the generation. He was among the pallbearers who carried Rabbi Yochum to his meeting with Vespasian, crazy story in Gittin 56a, where he feigned his own death in order to speak to the almost emperor, and then he got his three wishes, and thereby he saved Torah Judaism by saving it to move to Yavne. After the fall of Yushalayim, he moved along with Sanhedrin to Yavne and played a major role in his activities and its activities and was a member of the delegation to Rome to negotiate on Jewish issues. Greatness of humility. Teferz of Shmuller of Radams offers the following insight. While he had many students, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zake only enumerated the praises of these five. Isn't that interesting? All the others were well aware of their own praises. These five, however, were so humble that their teacher needed to cite their praises. They themselves were unaware of their own stature. It was because of their humility that they were considered Yochanan ben Zake's primary disciples. Appropriate channels for the transmission of the Masorah, the tradition. Another great disciple whose humility won him the right to become the bearer of the Masorah was Yehoshua, who was the disciple and successor of Moshe. When Yehoshua was about to go to Eretz Yisrael, as one of the spies whose mission ended in a disastrous loss of faith, Moshe gave him a special blessing that he should not succumb to the fears of his colleagues. The reason for the blessing, Targum Yonasan explains, was because Yoshua was humble and might not have stood firm against the ten spies who were opposite of him. This same hum- and colleague. This same humility was also part of his personal greatness as a person and eventual leader. So Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah, a Levite, Rabbi Yoshua served as one of the choir members in the temple. Levim were known for singing. They served as either gatekeepers or choir members in the temple. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakir ordained him in Yushalmi Sanhedrin, 
also taught in the Kabbalistic areas of Torah, Chagiga 14b. After the death of Rabbi Yochanan and Zaki, when the office of Nasi reverted to the family of Hillel, Rabbi Gamliel assumed that position with Rabbi Shua serving as Av Bezdin. An accomplished linguist, as Sanhedrin says, a mathematician, and Harais, he acted as a spokesman for the Jewish people in the halls of government. On his way to Rome to lobby against anti-Jewish edicts, see, it was around even back then, he visited Alexandria and Athens, Sinida and Bechoros. Aware of the political realities of his time, he sought to promote peaceful coexistence with the Roman government. When Hadrian effectively reneged on his promise he had made to allow the Jews to rebuild the temple, he told them to build it at a different, totally unacceptable location where Yeshua counseled against civilian revolt, offering the following parable. A bone once becomes became stuck in the throat of a lion. The lion announced that he would handsomely reward anyone who succeeded in removing the bone. An ostrich came and extended his long neck into the mouth of the lion, thus extracting the bone, and then demanded... The promised reward, repeat, replied the lion, here's your reward. Go and brag that you entered and emerged alive from the jaws of the lion. Said Rabbi Lezer, we too should be happy that we have survived this nation and we should not do anything else to antagonize them. So, Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, we're skipping over. Together with Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yossi studied the esoteric portions of the Torah known as Ma'asa Merkava, literally the workings of the divine chariot, an achievement which greatly pleased their teacher of Yohanan ben Zakkai, See Chagiga 14b, his halachic opinions recorded only once in the Mishnah in Idaios 8.2 and see Rosh Hashanah 17b. Rav Shimon ben Esana, little is known about the second generation Tana. A Kohen, he was the son-in-law of Ravi Galil Hazakain, Tosefta and Avodazara 4.10. And we meet the last one, Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, an intellectual giant in both the revealed and hidden areas of the Torah, Rabbi Lezer was a favorite of Yochanan ben Zaka. Of all his disciples, he was the one able to comfort his teacher upon the death of Rabbi Yochanan's son, Lawalena, we should never know from such things. We should all live on Mavis Roshana. Avos Rabbi Nassim 14.6. Interestingly, little of his Torah has come down to us. Tosefta in the Dharam 6.5 indicates that he died prematurely. It is more probable that upon the death of his teacher, he, unlike his colleagues, did not remain with the academy at Yavna. Upon the urging of his wife, he moved instead to Amaos, a vacation resort famous for its fine cuisine and refreshing baths, thinking that his colleagues would follow him. They did not come, and he found himself alone and without the intellectual ferment necessary for growth. We'll learn later that Somebody was walking on the way, way later in, in Pirkeos, where we learned that someone was walking on the way, and a person met him and said, Rabbi, would you like to come live with us? You could be the great scholar by us. And he said, even if you offer me all the money in the world, all the pearls in the, pearls in the world, I would never exile myself to a place without Torah. Because the main Torah in Kemach, without Torah, there's nothing. You can't exile yourself thinking everybody will come after you. You have to be surrounded by Torah. You have to be with the Torah. And the Talmud in Shabbos 147b explains that he completely forgot his learning to the extent that he was unable to read from a Torah scroll. Instead of reading, the, this month shall be for you, the beginning of the month, Zachodesh HaZed Lachem, Rosh Chadashim, Exodus 12.2, he reads, Their hearts became deaf. Yalkut Kohelis replies, reports that eventually Eliyahu Hanavi, the great Elijah, restored his knowledge. This tragic story serves as a living validation of Nohara's statement in 418, Exile yourself to a place of Torah and do not assume it will come after you. Another great Mishnah, they're all great Mishnahs, but another one related to what we're talking about here. For it is your colleagues who will cause it to remain with you. A similar sentiment is expressed in Proverbs 3.5. Do not rely on your own understanding. It is noteworthy that some are of the opinion that Rabbi Nehari is a pseudonym for Rabbi Lezer ben Arach, see Shabbos, 
over there. So we got to meet the five, the five Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Join us next time as we talk about the praises that he heaped upon them here on the P-A-L with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.